1: Hello everyone and welcome to Foot Candle Films here on the Mesh.TV podcast network. My name is Alan Jackson and I am sitting across from Mr. Chris Fry, both of us from the Foot Candle Film Society and the annual Foot Candle Film Festival. Chris, how you doing?
2: I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to talking about uh, the film today. I mean, I always look forward to it, but well, I was um, going to say,
1: don't you always look forward to talking about the films with me? Yes, I do. But um, Today, maybe a little bit, maybe a, 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 a tad more in- intrigued to it. We've
2: got one of the biggest films um, that people have been anticipating for a while um, with the Batman. So I think that, and then, you know, it's already come out in March, which is kind of crazy. It wasn't even like a summer, but we got it really early because usually around this time, before the Oscars, and even a little bit afterwards, you kind of hit this slump where like not a lot's happening Mm -hmm. a lot of times. And we like have to go for more independent films. Mm -hmm. So to get this huge film (laughs) dropping in March, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, And then um, I'm excited because we're also talking about a film (laughs) that's fresh from Sundance and it's called fresh Uh, fresh. And so um, that's exciting that we're already getting to talk about a film that was just at Sundance recently. So, uh, and you know, not a lot of people know a lot about it, including you. I
1: did not either. I Honestly, you uh, you you wrote me and said, hey, let's review this film. I said, I don't know anything about it, but sure. I queued it up. It's on Hulu and watched it just late last night. And I will definitely have some thoughts to share <laughs> later in the episode. That one's going to be an interesting review. I will leave it at that. But you're right. The first one we're going to be talking about is the film The Batman. So we're going to have a couple reviews, The Batman, and then the film Fresh on Hulu. I will be talking about both of those, followed by a little bit of movie news. We're going to talk about the Independent Spirit Awards that were just happened this weekend and some of the winners from that award ceremony. And then Chris and I will both have a recommendation of a film we think is worth checking out that uh, we want to share with you. So, Chris, why don't we just go ahead and don the the, uh, cape and cowl and jump right into our first review. It is Matt Reeves' version, the latest version of The Batman.
0: Fear is a tool. When that light hits the sky, it's not just a goal, it's a warning.
1: So, Chris, I I did a little math over the weekend after seeing the Batman. Okay. Uh, By my count, this is now our seventh actor to play the Batman in a movie. Okay. We've had six different directors. Wow. We've had three different Catwomen. Catwomen is plural, correct? <laughs> yeah. I believe so. Yes. Five different Jim Gordons. Okay, so a lot, of, a lot of numbers, a lot of versions all floating out there. And does
2: that include, those numbers, does that include Lego Batman?
1: No, I did okay. not include Lego Batman. I think it's one of your so favorites, add, right? It, I did enjoy that movie quite a bit, so add one more to each of those numbers. <laughs> okay. We've actually had eight Batman actors, seven Batman directors, four Catwomen, six Jim Gordons. It's a lot. Yeah, it is quite a bit. We've had everything ranging from campy humor to the gothic macabre to action thrillers to... Gaudy comic booky styles, dark to brooding. I mean, it's just the whole wide range to Lego versions now. Yeah, sure. Everything in between. So, my simple question to you, Chris: After watching Matt Reeves' The Batman, which stars Robert Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz, uh, along with Colin Farrell and uh, played played Gordon,
2: oh Je- uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright. Wright. Yes, sorry.
1: My old question to you is, does this version of the Batman have a reason to exist, given all those other versions and iterations we've had? That's my question to you. Wow.
2: So pretty, pretty, uh, pretty loaded question there. And um, having seen it and, you know, spoiler, I I did like it. um, I would say, yes, it does have a reason to exist. And the reason would be, imagine if you told David Fincher, director of seven And Zodiac, I want you to make a Batman movie Mm -hmm. and imagine what you'd get. And if that sounds like something you would like, then you will probably like this film. Um, It does sound something that would be highly interesting to me. And that's how I kind of took this film. It basically, the film takes the approach of which I think a line of the comics, you can correct me if I'm wrong. One of the things is like Batman detective or something like Mm -hmm. there's a there's a strong detective element to a lot of comics that Batman's in. And I feel like this movie is one of the first to actually kind of explore like, okay, yeah, this dude, not only does he go around beating people up and he's a vigilante or whatever, which the other movies have explored. And he has a tortured past. Yes, other movies have explored that. But the actual detective notion mm-hmm. of it, I don't really feel like has been explored. So that was something new for me that I found interesting. Mm-hmm. So uh, I say Yes. Okay. I, I felt like it did have a reason to exist. What what was, what's your take
1: on it? Um, yeah, I'm with you on it. I, um, I got a lot of thoughts here. A lot, okay. of, a lot of things I think I really liked about the film. I did ultimately really like the film. Okay. Uh, I had a really good time with it and um, several things I can point out to it. A few, a few, some misgivings, some things I don't think worked as well. Some okay. things I think that kind of tripped up the whole experience a bit. Okay. But I, I will just say, and well, let me, let me back up for a second. And just sure. Kind of give a quick little plot synopsis of kind of what happens in the film. Not that the plot is what you really are driven to go see the Batman for. I mean, really, you go to see the Batman and the characters <laughs> and, and and everything and the gadgets and the car. Sure. But anyway, uh, the plot here is when the Riddler, who is a sadistic serial killer, um, and he's played by Paul Dano. Paul Dano. Mm-hmm. There you go. Uh, begins murdering key political figures in Gotham. The Batman is re- forced to investigate the city's hidden corruption in question, his own family's involvement. As I mentioned, Robert Pattinson playing Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Um, let's just start with him. Let me let me kind of key into him first. Okay. I will go ahead and tell you... Um, well, then, uh, to be fair, too, that's where a
2: lot of people are going to be talking about. You would assume it's like, okay, who is playing the central figure? Well, for several
1: reasons. A, because it was kind of an interesting, a little controversial choice when he was announced who's going to be the new, the new Bruce Wayne, Mr. Twilight. But also I will go on record saying, I think this film is the first version of Batman we've seen in a movie where Batman is truly the central key character Mm. that we spend not only the most time with, but we actually get to really get in the head of which Mm you know, you could argue that past movies and I'll even say the Nolan films, Christopher Nolan's films. I think we're always a little more interested in Bruce Wayne. I think the Batman character was more of a, yeah, okay, we got to put him in the costume sometimes and he's got to do these things, but there seemed to be just as much time spent on him. And then of course, you know, the Burton and the Schumacher films were all about the villains. It was like Batman was kind of an afterthought half the time. (laughs) This is the first film where I'm like, no, this is truly like, yeah, the villain is not, uh, doesn't dominate the film. Mm-hmm. Supporting characters don't nom- dominate the film. We start with a voiceover narration of Batman.
2: Oh, we'll get to the voiceover.
1: And we close with a voiceover narration. Oh, we'll, And yeah. I think, I mean, I want to say ratio-wise, he is out of the costume maybe 10% sure. of his running time on it, which is pretty impressive, too, to have an actor like Robert Pattinson that, you know, could draw an audience. I think people want to see him in there. And you've got him covered up most all the film, which doesn't really happen to superhero or comic bookie movies very often anymore. So I think he's really good. I think he plays a different type of Bruce Wayne than we've ever seen. I like this one only because I feel like this is the first Bruce Wayne that I actually kind of am concerned about Mm. and care about and like worried about, (laughs) you know, where other Bruce Waynes is like, it's kind of, Oh yeah, that's Bruce Wayne. Of course he's, He's rich. He's a he plays like a playboy, but he's also very in control and very competent as Batman. This one, I don't feel that he's got it all together quite yet, and that's that's obvious from the film, and it made it so much more interesting to mm-hmm. watch and to follow. So, starting with that, that's that's where I, I think, and of course, he's in seventy five percent of the movie, sure. and he drives the movie, which is, again is very unique for I think for a Batman movie. So what's your thoughts on Mr. Pattinson and just the whole Batman role? uh, So
2: yeah, overall, yeah. Like you're saying, it was kind of surprising because with the other films, I mean, you've had, you know, Christian Bale, you've had George Clooney, you've had, you know, all the people, they do spend a lot of time with him out of costume because a lot of times, I guess the actors want FaceTime or whatever, but you know, whatever I understand that, but it was surprising how little we actually (laughs) saw of Robert Pattinson's face. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I thought he did a great job now when he was Bruce Wayne. Okay. I thought he did a great job as the Batman Mm -hmm. when he was Bruce Wayne. I thought he did a good job except for one scene that really like didn't work for me. Okay. The scene worked, but particularly his performance in the scene didn't quite gel and I'm not going to get into spoilers or anything, but basically it's a scene between him and Alfred at Alfred's bedside. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're um, having, they're you? having an emotional connection moment, which I understand. I guess I could play it as this dude, Batman or Bruce Wayne. Sorry. Cause he's Bruce Wayne. He's not in costume. He really, you can tell he's tortured. Like you've mentioned, he's a really tortured soul. You really are thinking, dude, this guy's not all there, mm-hmm. but when he, talking like he has this kind of like connection moment. And just the way he says it, it doesn't, it's like, it doesn't work. Yeah. It's like Robert Pattinson didn't know how to play it.
1: And maybe that's supposed to be on purpose. Maybe he's having trouble. It was an awkward scene for him. My problem with that scene is I don't think the scene was war, uh, but was built up and, and re- uh, rewarded. I, okay. I, I don't feel like we got enough. Well, that's one of my nitpick sure. negatives to get into gotcha. is, I mean, the Alfred character was sidelined, too. Much. sidelined. And then we're supposed to have, this kind of more emotional moment that you're alluding to gotcha. that just didn't pay off because we didn't have anything to build us to that point.
2: I can, I can so. see that Chris. So, um, and Andy, let's go ahead and say Andy circus, who plays Alfred, I thought he was good. And oh, I thought yeah. there was a lot of potential there.
1: Good. It's um, just very underused, but, and that's fine. We got a lot sure. going on in this movie. It's sure. a three hour movie. <laughs> Absolutely. I don't need 30 extra minutes of Alfred in there. Right. But then when you have a scene that's meant to kind of be pivotal. a pivotal point for this character involving Alfred, it, it just didn't resonate. I didn't buy it at all. So that was, that was one of my negatives. There.
2: Okay. So yeah. it sounds like, yes, but other than that, mm-hmm. and maybe, okay, so I was kind of critiquing it as being Pattinson's performance, but maybe not. Maybe it's more of a script thing. I think it's, a and it was thing, too yeah. much weight to put on that moment. Yeah. And it didn't, it didn't work. Cause the fact
1: of the matter is, I, uh, you know, even when we see Bruce Wayne out of the costume, he's still Batman. Oh like, yeah. And, yeah. That, and that's what I thought was cool about it. it. He's yeah, not putting true. on any, false front. i mean he is batman he's not
2: smiling the handsome millionaire now
1: whether or not the series and again well i only get in speculation about future movies and all that but whether that's still kind of in the works for an evolution of the character where i think the whole idea of the batman is bruce wayne feels like he's got to play the millionaire playboy role just for appearances Mm -hmm. and just to get close to people in high society Maybe that will come. Maybe that's a, a role he forces himself to have to play. But I love seeing this early version that hasn't quite figured out the best way to, to navigate the city yet. So, yeah,
2: yeah it, it was interesting. And they mentioned that kind of early on, you see that he's looking at some files and he's like keeping diaries. So in theory, this is year two. He's yeah. only been doing this for years. So he's kind of new at it. So. That was an interesting where, you know, Christian Bale had the Batman Begins where you like but he covered still, the whole
1: origin story and all. And uh, this one just said, and, and, and hey, let's go ahead and give him applause where we can. We didn't have to watch his parents get uh, nope. murdered again. Nope, that happened. I screen. think that's the first version I've seen. I remember a scene where uh, of any telling of the story where we didn't have to depict that again. It's alluded to, you know, it happened or some references right. to it, but it's not a something they spent a lot of screen time like recreating and talking about, which is which is good.
2: I'll say a strength of the film for me, and I, I kind of knew I was going to be on board. Granted, it's teased in some of the trailers. You hear Nirvana's something in the mm-hmm. way, um, and they use that in this film kind of as bookends. It's in the beginning and it's at the end, and that started playing in the way, the images they were showing on screen, there was the narration that worked at first for me with Bruce Wayne, Robert Pattinson, mm-hmm. kind of talking about what was going on that in combination with the music and the cinematography, I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm going to dig this.
1: Right. I, I was going to, my notes right here. I've got the opening 15 minutes will either get you hooked on this film or not. Hmm. Cause I think if you love the first 10 to 15 minutes, the way they set this thing up, you're going to love the film. If you didn't, if you don't like the tone and the style that they're setting up early on, um it's probably not going to work for you. But um I did love that opening 15 minutes to the point where I'm, I went with my son to see it. And after in that opening sequence where we've got a, it's setting up describing Gotham city. Mm-hmm. We're seeing it kind of from the eyes of various quote low lives, you know, people who are uh, prone to be a little more troublemakers in the city or, or criminals, but the fear they all live in mm-hmm. and the, the idea of shadows and what's in the shadows or, um, and the only thing that they've got is that the big um, spotlight, Batman spotlight up in the sky kind of warning them. All of that was so well done to the I, point I, where I'm, I agree. I'm locked in at that point. I'm like, <laughs> yes. And then to finally have him emerge at one point uh, worked really, really well. So I, uh, I thought it was great.
2: I thought, it just, you know, I thought the narration, uh, maybe it was a bit overused. Um, I don't remember. Hmm. I know it happened in the beginning and I thought it was good. Does it only happen
1: twice? I think so. I don't remember yeah. it happening in the middle of the film.
2: Okay, so maybe it was just at the fact at the end, the fact that they returned to the song, something in the way, and they had him doing the narration. And by that point, I've been in the theater for like three hours. Yeah, maybe that's what I was like. I didn't feel like they needed it. Yeah, um, I liked
1: it. I mean, it was just it was a nice bookend, and I, I mean, I, it wasn't overused throughout the film for me, but it was nice. It's the first time I think we've ever again got to kind of like really listen into what this guy's thinking. You know, because again, everything else it seemed like all oh, other movies were kind of told what Batman's supposed to be thinking or other people are commenting on it, but yet we actually get to hear it from him this time, which was, which was nice. Um, I will say that, um, the music Mm. felt very good. Yes. Um, this, the themes for me were not as memorable walking out of the theater as like the Hans Zimmer from the Christopher Nolan films, or obviously the Danny Elfman one from the Burton films. But I think the overall orchestral, work of the film fit the film really well and made the film work. So I like the music overall, even though I could not pick out a theme that really resonated with me. One particular one, um, Zoe Kravitz playing Selena Kyle. yeah, Very good. We talked about her when we reviewed Kimmy a few weeks ago. And, uh, I think we were both eager to see what she does in this film. And I thought she, she did great. I really liked this version of Catwoman, uh, of Selena Kyle. And, uh, Something,
2: something I thought was interesting was, um, and it kind of had me a little worried when I'd seen some of the previews, um, was going to be the relationship between Batman and Catwoman because Mm -hmm. they kind of played that up a little bit in the previews. And so I was like, you know, I I wasn't really, I I go to a Batman movie for, you know, the Mm -hmm. Batman story, not like a romance and there have been romances or there have been, you know, relationships in other films, obviously. And this one, I thought the way they, they did it was was good. It it didn't bother me. I thought I was scared that they were going to kind of overplay it, but I, I, think don't, it was just I don't think hit they the did. right balance. Yeah. There was balance. I'll tell you this.
1: I, I, I've found myself a little more emotionally invested in their relationship to where at the mm. end, when there's some point of where their relationship's going, mm-hmm. it. I, I, I'm not trying to give away any spoilers. I'm <laughs> kind of rooting for it. I'm like, oh, which is like, I'm like, okay. wow. Okay. I'm actually kind of invested in this relationship now. Which I can't say I've ever been with a another relationship in these these films or even comic book movies in general. So yeah, I thought that was really well done. Colin Farrell as the Penguin, mm-hmm. Oswald. Uh, they call him Oz, but Ozzy or, Ozzie or Ozzie, Yeah, is. Um, I thought he was really good as I, an actor. Unrecognizable, almost true. as well. My only issue with it is I I feel like his character was kind of pulled from the wrong movie. It it did not fit the tone of the rest of the movie for me. Huh? Because he's a much more cartoonish version than I think any of the other characters in the film were really allowed to be. He's a little bit more from the Burton world, kind of dropped in here. Now, I thought he was really good. Okay. It's just, I think, you know, when you put that much prosthetics and he's kind of got a very styled mannerism voice and and, uh, very over-the-top performance, it... I think it added some it added some levity to the film, or added some kind of over the topness that the film needed because the film was obviously very dark and brooding otherwise. Mm-hmm. But I also sometimes felt like it was a little too much for this film, and and maybe felt a little more appropriate to like. You know, a Burton supporting character or or, or something <laughs> from that. But anyway, I did think in performance wise he was great. See, that's so. inter- that that
2: did not strike me at mm. all. But you're, it's interesting how you're talking about that being a callback to like a Burton thing, and it did kind of, in a sense, that's didn't all work. It, yeah, um, which I, I can see that. Um, didn't didn't strike me that way. Okay. But something that did strike me as kind of a callback. And this is an interesting callback because it's not a callback to any cinema
1: mm-hmm. versions
2: of Batman. It's a callback to the TV show oh. of Batman. Okay. And it bothered me.
1: Wow. Okay. <laughs> and
2: I'm not when really sure why they did it because if this movie, which is rated PG 13, which that's another thing, it's gotta be knocking on the door of R. Oh, I it felt it like. was
1: just a few, <laughs> few moments, a few flashes and visual images away from being Because
2: R, even yeah. I thought, okay, so let me, Okay. Briefly, remind me to come back to that. When we talk about that, I thought it was interesting how they could, there were some times where really violent things were happening, but they would kind of blur and yeah. take, take things out of focus. And it was an interesting way to do that, but it's like, yeah, but we still totally know what's oh, going on. <laughs> more of the
1: intent is all there. Right. right? So just, but it's uh, like,
2: I wonder, I wonder if that's how maybe they escaped Because it for me, it's been. like this, this is pretty gritty. Well, several
1: ports where he's just wailing on some bad guys and it's pretty rough and violent. It happens just off stream, but you see him, you know, what's happening, right? You don't need to see the aftermath to know what's going on. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely knocking on the door there. So, so okay, okay. Going so back to the,
2: what <laughs> thing that bothered me? Um, so we get riddles, okay, from the Riddler, yeah. and they're usually a lot of times they come out in these little cards, which is cool. I like that whole setup. Yeah. But we are always read as if we cannot read the riddles. They're hmm. always read aloud by either Gordon or Batman, okay. and it's like, yes, yeah. And they show they show us the card. We have plenty of time to read it, but he'll be like, oh, well, this says, that. and I'm like, yes, we can read, and like. They did it at first, but like, well, if, and the only thing I could think of, maybe they're paying homage to the Adam West TV show where Batman, because, you know, at that time when little kids are watching this, they can't read the riddles. They don't understand. And it's like a way of kind of not spoon feeding things, but like, I don't know. And it just really struck me at first. I was like, Oh, okay. What's the first one we have, but no, every single riddle or card is like read aloud. And I thought that was really weird.
1: I I didn't (laughs) notice that, but, uh, Oh. And maybe it's a call. Maybe it's a good Maybe it's a callback. I don't know. Um, I'll say some other things on the positives. Um, I thought the action scenes were well shot. Oh, uh, Easy to follow. You know, we're always concerned when you have these big budget superhero movies that the action is just going to be too, you know, all over the place and hard to follow and all. No, I thought these fight scenes were really, really well done. There's one scene or one shot in particular that I think has been in one of the trailers, but. It's him coming up a hallway, a dark hallway, mm-hmm. fighting through a group of guys. And machine all you see fire. is the machine gun fire lighting up the scene. Yeah, And again, it's chaotic, but yet you can follow it. It's like, it's easy. It's clear to see what's going on. And uh, all of the fight scenes I thought were were like that. They just worked. And uh, so I was really happy with all that.
2: Well, I, I would agree with that. And going in, you know, you... A lot of movies can be dark and you can't tell what's going on, especially during action sequences. And it can be frustrating yeah. and it doesn't end up being suspenseful as much as it is just frustrating. And even though, you know, Batman movies often take place at night when it's raining <laughs> and yeah. that happens in this film. But I agree with you. I could always I had a clear sense, yeah. always had a clear sense of what was going on. And I think that's, you know, handled that with the cinematography and the editing and the direction. And I'll say i I really thought the direction was kind of daring and the way they, and you know, pacing as well. You know, Matt Reeves, the director you mentioned, but this movie it's three hours. There's a lot of plot mm-hmm. and it is doled out slowly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found it, I found it, it rewarding, but yeah. I can see because, you know, it's just like, you know, they just, it, it's, oh, I didn't it's have deliberate. a problem with the length of
1: the film. No, I didn't um, either. My only issue, I, I do want to get to just a couple Neg- a couple of things I think don't work quite as well. You've already kind of hit and touched on a couple of uh, sure. uh, areas for you um, on that plotting. Yeah. Yeah. I have no problem with the plot itself. I do feel like the, 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 the backstory slash revelations that were meant to have or, or get that involved the Wayne family mm-hmm. crime boss, all that. There for a while in the film, it started to get a little convoluted and they're just kind of jamming a lot into like one 15, 20 minute period of time. A lot of back and a little bit of whiplash back and forth between things I thought could have been smoothed out a lot more throughout the course of the film instead of kind of a, oh, now here, learn this. Oh, no, wait a minute. Nope, nope. Now actually it's like this. Oh, no, wait a minute. No, it is Mm. like this. It was like all within a 15, 20 minutes and it all happened to kind of coincide in that hospital scene which is also seen, I don't think worked as well too. So it's just kind of that, that was a period of the film where I was starting to get a little shaky. I'm like, all right, are they kind of losing the plot here a little bit by either making it a little more convoluted than they needed to, or maybe they should have really planned this, doled this out a little bit better. It got past it. And I think, you know, it didn't affect the rest of the film for me, but it did there for a while. It was a little shaky and thought it could have been handled the plotting a little bit differently. So um, I, I, that, it's interesting because that
2: actually worked really well for me okay. because I think by that time in the film, I enjoyed it. And like I said, things were slow, but I kind of needed a little jolt okay. and there was information like revealed that I kind of, point, yeah. I kinda, but there was stuff that I had never really considered and stuff that at least for me, cause I didn't read a lot of the comic books was kind of new, a new thought that could be mm-hmm. put And I was like, Oh wow. Okay. I'd never yeah. considered that could be the case. So, I don't know. It, it worked, but I can see how it, it maybe seemed a little cluttered.
1: I think the fact that it was all around that hospital scene that we were just talking about too, that I just don't think worked as well. Might've just kind of compounded all of that point where I'm like, all right, that was a point in the film where I thought things were a little shakier legs. It stabilized. It still got better. Other, other takeaway for me, a little bit of a, a little bit of a, a, a question, things that did not work as well for me, the final action sequence. Huh? Um, there are some actions the, the director makes in terms of calling our attention to what the motivations are for Batman in a final action sequence, what he's trying to accomplish. That, that got really muddled uh, to me. It was honestly, I, I wasn't sure where we were supposed to be leading to believe that there's a little bit of an idea of, is he going to be, was he sacrificing himself on something? Was it, what, what was he trying to do? It has to do with a, big flood of water and an uh, electrical thing happening and just a couple of the actions and the, and the supporting characters around him, their reaction to Batman when he takes an action, I, I just didn't know what was, what was trying to be accomplished there. And I still am a little curious about that. We can talk about it off mic and just see what I was thinking about that. But I did not take from it. Was he, was it meant to be a sacrificial move? Was it meant to be a, rescue move. Was it meant to be kind of a, a, I I don't know. And and again, (laughs) uh, it sounds like I'm getting a little nitpicky, but that was Mm -hmm. kind of the final action sequence. I was really digging it up until that moment. And I just didn't quite understand what the overall motivation or what the direction we're supposed to take was with the characters there. So it was a little confusing kind of even had to ask, you know, my son afterwards. I'm like, all right, what, what was that all about? So that, you know, I hate when that happens in a film, especially in the last sequence. There, uh, so
2: I, I know the moment you're talking about, and I, th- I think it, it worked for me. And I, but I I can, I can see your criticism there again. It, it there's a lot. There's, yeah, a, there's lot a lot going, going on, on in this film. You're right, and I think ultimately, even though it is slowly paced out, there's so much going on. You don't, even though it's slowly paced, you don't really have time to think about it. But it's kind of like the whole Christopher Nolan. Um, Inception effect with that yeah. movie, where there's so much going on. And if you stop to think about it, some things may not kind sure. of add up. Or, like with Tenet, you know, it's like yeah. this puzzle piece, which for Riddler is appropriate. But for me, I was having such a good time that if some things didn't quite link up, it was okay. It was okay. Yeah. Now I'll be interested to see on a second viewing, which that's always a good sign after you see a film, if you want to bother to ever see it again, even though it's three hours, mm-hmm. um, which is monumental. Cause you and I normally, that's definitely something I ding about runtime, but I'm, I'm willing to go see this movie again. I want, because I want to see how certain things shake out and kind of, now that I know where it's going, well, I would it's like going to be on movie.
1: HBO max in 45 days.
2: Well, um, I was wondering if that was the case because I know Warner Brothers films, yeah. you know, so had done days. that previously. So basically
1: mid-April, it'll be oh, already okay. online. Well, that's, so that's good. So that means if you were itching to see it again, you're going to have it. <laughs> I don't have
2: to do be it. a billionaire and pay the ticket price that's again. So I'll, I've got two things. Sure, go ahead. And I'm going to switch it I up. I knew a we had a lot
1: to talk about with this. So yes, please sure. go ahead. <laughs>
2: <What are your laughs> um, but we don't, you know, we do have another film to talk about. Um, I'm going to end on the positive. Mm-hmm. So I'll say the I'll say the negative, even though it kind of it, it, be counterintuitive because it talks about the end of the film. I'm not going to spoil anything, but there's a jail cell <laughs> conversation yes. and kind of a possible reveal, which I'm I think at this point it would be about a possible next chapter mm-hmm. that felt over the top fanservicey. Yes that I am um, I was disappointed in I and I was kind of, cr- now I'll give them credit that at least they didn't put it after the end credits or so that make people stick around just to, cause that, that would have been a total Marvel move. No, they go ahead and, and it just didn't, it just didn't work for me. Well, um,
1: it, it didn't work because I mean, again, we're not I'm trying not to spoil it here. Sure. It's a very much a been there, done that. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it, it just, it really did feel like it was just thrown in there. Truly to, tease and give some fan service and,
2: and it, it could have been done. And it's like, if it would have just been done more subtly, but no, it was really like oh, yeah. spoon feeding. I felt so.
1: Yeah. Okay. So no, that, I agree with you on that. I okay. did not like the tease at the end. I just don't <laughs> okay. think that work. And, so uh,
2: that's the negative. Um, but let me, I'll, I'll end on a positive. Um, I love the moment and I'm not to say this hasn't happened in other Batman movies, but I felt like it really stood out for me in this one, probably because we know this is like the second year he's been doing this. He's still kind of learning who he is or who, who, how he can be Batman, but the not so successful Batman glider that actually looked like a flying squirrel. I thought it was really fair. I'm like, man, that looks dumb. Not only does it kind of look dumb, but then it doesn't really work that well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I was like, Wow. And even my wife commented afterwards. She's like, yeah, it's kind of weird when one of his gadgets really doesn't go well. I'm like, yeah, that was kind of weird and awesome. (laughs) It was good.
1: No, actually. And I mean, this isn't a film with a lot of humor. No. But I mean, you did get a little bit of a chuckle when that thing... Kind of just started. Yeah, it, it, it was working, <laughs> but then, and then it just kind of doesn't. And it really calls it. I mean, he, 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 he takes a beating up. from it. Yeah. And even when he's kind of standing up, you kind of get this idea of like he's even thinking to himself, OK, yeah, that didn't go too well. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so there was a little bit of a chuckle in the yeah. audience, which I'm like, yeah, just it's kind of fun to see he's still a young guy. He's still a guy trying to figure this thing out and hasn't quite got it all perfected yet. And um, I like that a lot. All right, so Chris, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay, This is probably an unfair question, just to close out our conversation of this film.
2: But it is one that th- you and I, I have think, both been I think I might know where this but is I, it's going. It's
1: one you and I have been anticipating for a long time, so I feel like we've got to give it due do, do, do notice here. Where do is you, this rank? Where is this rank? <laughs> do you have that yet? or are you, are you confident enough in your opinions to state this, or do you need another viewing later on to solidify it?
2: I need another viewing, but I, I will say just offhand, and of course I'll qualify it, that's what we do on this show. Cause we qualify everything. Well, I'll say this, but okay. Without the second viewing, I just watched this yesterday as we're yeah. recording this. I just watched this. So I haven't even had a full 24 hours. This might be my favorite Batman movie. Wow. Um, now if it's not my favorite, it is definitely in the top three. Okay. Yep. Okay. And how I can say that is, okay, I like the Tim Burton Batmans. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need to see Batman Returns again. Okay. Um, because the first one, like you're saying, it's more interested in the Joker, Jack yeah. Nicholson. Why wouldn't you be? Um, and I, but the Burton ones come across as being a lot more like style and tone oh, and weirdness. But as far as actually being a good movie, mm. I don't know if we can say that. So then let's, you know, we can skip the Joel Schumacher ones (laughs) because, you know, most people do. Um, We get to the Nolan ones. I like those. But um, the trilogy nature, I like Batman Begins. Like something about, I like them. And maybe it's because Bale, to me, there was something lacking in his Batman. Mm. I don't know. There's a lot to like there. And obviously those would be the ones that, you know, Dark Knight was probably up at the top, followed by like some of the Tim Burton ones. But I don't know. This one, I really liked how, to me, fresh it was for the reasons yeah. we've discussed. Not that I think it's a perfect film, but um, I, I don't know. It's it's high up there. So what's uh, what's your takeaway? Uh,
1: it is battling between one and two for me.
2: Okay. So yeah. what's your what would be your one? Uh,
1: Batman Begins. Okay. I still love Batman Begins. The first Nolan film to me is – I still remember the feeling coming out of that film just being energized and just like, yeah, this is what I wanted to see. Now, I feel like the Nolan films – Dark Knight is a very, very good film, but I don't feel like it's a great Batman film. It's I, got just, you. I still feel like he loses sight of what the Batman character is. Hmm. And it's more about Bruce Wayne who acts as a vigilante in his free time. And it's just, okay. Yeah. I, but it still worked. And of course the Joker was a standout for that film. Sure. But uh, Batman begins as an origin story and just setting the mood and kind of giving us all the story, the backstory I loved. Um, So, you know, I'm fine with even thinking of Batman Begins as like truly an origin. And then this Batman is like right after that happened. It's like this is now where the character has evolved to. I'm okay Okay. with kind of that dynamic. But, yeah, it it waffles between one and two. Either Batman Begins or the Batman. Gotcha. Um, I will say this. I love all the Nolan films and I love all the Burton films. Mm -hmm. All both of the Burton films. Same. There's a huge chasm between those films, which I love all six of the films we just talked about the three Nolan, the two Burton, and now this new, uh, uh, this new one, then there's a huge gap. And then you've got anything that Snyder touched (laughs) and definitely anything that Schumacher touched. Sure. Just way, way pushed down there. So, um, all six films in that grouping I, I love, but this one I do think is battling between one and two for me. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad to hear we came out, came away happy with this film, obviously. Um, That is The Batman. It is still playing in theaters. Will be for a while. But by mid to late April, it's going to be on HBO Max. For those of you that do not wish to go visit the theater, but still want to check this out. A three-hour viewing time might be a little easier to to accommodate in a home viewing as well after you've seen it. True. So um, I will look forward to seeing it again for sure when it comes out on streaming. Uh, Looking forward to that. All right. Chris, let's go on to our second review then. Which is the film on Hulu. Hulu streaming, I think... didn't do any theater release I think it's just a Hulu release I think it went exclusively starring Sebastian Stan it is the film Fresh tell me something you don't want me to know I hate this okay (laughs)
0: put all our hopes of finding happiness through someone else yeah you are all digmatized and I haven't
1: even seen this dude
0: what's going on
2: I'm gonna tell you but you're gonna freak out
1: no this isn't happening
2: yeah it's happening no games and what you wanted it's about giving giving yourself over to somebody becoming one forever that's love fresh is a film that is fresh out of sundance like we mentioned in the opening of the show It is by director Mimi Cave, and it tells the kind of centers around a character named Noah, who is a female, um, played by Daisy Edgar-Jones, who I was completely unfamiliar Mm -hmm. with her, so she was new to me. But it focuses on the horrors of modern dating seen through her defiant battle to survive her unusual new boyfriend, and the boyfriend is played by one Sebastian Stan. So this is one of those films that I'd heard very little about. We're going to try to reveal very little in this review because part of the fun of this film is kind of going into it and not really knowing what you're getting into. A matter of fact, I suggested it to Alan and like he said, in the setup, he had, he had no idea. Um, I enjoyed it. It is a thriller. Some parts of it are kind of hard to watch. Um, Something. And I guess, I guess I just want to know Alan's initial thoughts on (laughs) Kind of his process as he was watching this film. Yeah, let's now, talk about what, my process. What would you think about
1: Fresh? All right. So, I, like you said, I, a little behind the scenes on the show here. So, Chris and I try to decide what two films we're going to review every time we get together. And we're normally swapping texts or maybe seeing each other in the hallway here at the offices and just like, hey, how about with this one or maybe this? And I like it when Chris Fry recommends a film that I know nothing about. And he says, oh, we should, we should review this. And I'm like, oh, I, I've never heard of it, but cool my step at that point is I simply just go into my Apple TV or where I'm and just <laughs> do a little search. Oh, the name of the film is fresh, cool, fresh Sebastian Stan stars it. I know Sebastian Stan. He's a Marvel guy and you know, he's a uh, Tommy Lee in the uh, Pam and Tommy show. I'm like, right? cool. Um, oh, it's about online dating maybe. And it's tagged as a thriller. Oh, this sounds like it could be, it could be interesting. We'll see. Um, about half an hour into this film, I, I'm asking myself, why, why, Chris Fry, <laughs> did you have me watch this film? <laughs> um, without giving away where it goes, um, I would just say it was a, uh, I, I liked it. Okay, okay. I, I did have a good so time So
2: unlike the previous review, of The Sky <laughs> is Everything, where I recommended that out of the blue, <sighs> you liked this better than The Sky is Everywhere.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, right. I liked it. It's just, man, it was a, it was a can be a tough watch at it's times. It's a tough watch okay. without getting into the reason why. Sure. To say it was a very, very difficult watch. <laughs> did not go where I expected it to. Okay. I had an inkling it was going to go in a certain direction, which it did. I did not expect it to go in the for extreme direction that it did. Got gotcha. you. Um, and that was a little shocking. Again, a little tough to, to 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 comprehend and watch. Um So yeah, it is going to be a little tough to talk about this film without really exploring all that, but I I think think we can do that. I think it's fair to Um, say
2: since it's billed as a thriller and Sebastian, you know, I said, you know, he plays an unusual new boyfriend. It's fair to say the boyfriend's got issues. Sure. Yeah. And so I think that's where, you know, their relationship is what provides the dramatic tension and the thriller nature of the film. For me, it was just fun to see. I, Sebastian Stan, all I know him as is the Winter Soldier. He's been, like you said, he's been in the Pam and Tommy thing.
1: I haven't seen him in that. Well, he was, he was, he's Tommy Lee in the Pam and Tommy kind of series. He was also um, in the I, Tonya film. film. Uh, oh, played. that's uh, right. He played, um, uh, he played Tonya's boyfriend, I believe. Right.
2: I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that he was yeah. in that. Okay.
1: Which was also by the same director who made the Pam, Pam and Tommy gotcha okay i haven't put that Um, together okay and then he's done some other interesting choice work as well so uh, what i like about sebastian stan is yes he's a marvel guy yes he's in a big blockbuster yes he's you know a very handsome fellow but it seems like outside of marvel he's kind of wanting to take on some very unique and interesting roles this is not a role i would have expected him to take because it is very contrary to the persona that you know marvel and the big superhero blockbuster films allow him to be uh, I, I say it's a daring role it's a showy role um, it is it's obviously one i think he, it's fun to play seems like he had fun seems like it um channeling a little bit of a again try not to give away the, channeling a little bit of, i will just say the style of performance reminded me a lot of speaking of Batman in the previous film, Christian Bale Mm -hmm. in the film, American psycho. Okay. not trying to necessarily draw any parallels, just the performance, right? The very kind of, there's uses of music. There's the use of the pop music. That seems to be a kind of the main thing with him. He's always having singing along to like eighties and nineties, kind of pop cheesy pop songs and, uh, kind of a little over the top performance at times. And yeah, there's a little bit of that in there. And I think it's, it was a good performance. And I'll also say, too, I thought uh, I thought the lead, you know, Daisy, Edgar, uh, Daisy Edgar Jones, was also very, very good. And I thought she... Uh, she has to
2: go toe-to-toe with him. And I yeah. thought she played it off really, really well. And, and there's
1: it, moments in the film where you're not quite sure where she is. Right. Emotionally or mentally. And that's yes. good because it kept us on edge as well. Yes. Where it, I didn't feel like... I really honestly found myself questioning where her character was going because I typically in a thriller, you kind of just know what progression wise, where, you know, where the lead character's mind is in a thriller here. I honestly, for a while thought, okay, maybe this is taking a turn. That I do not <laughs> expect. And maybe I'm off on where this girl is. And, uh, that I like the fact that it kept me guessing about her, about her, uh, where she was mentally or what her end goal was in this movie. So
2: I think it's a way for, um, the film overall to me struck me as a, big statement for strong females in oh, sure. and so on and, but did so in a way that wasn't preachy to me no. um, because you know, it is a, it is a thriller or a film, you know, but you know, the Daisy Edgar Jones who plays Noah, she's really strong. She has a strong relationship with another female Molly mm-hmm. played by Jojo Gibbs. And she's, she's really good. You know, they're mm-hmm. best friends and they rely on each other and they have a really strong relationship. And it's, it's really interesting to see how they examine that. Um, There's a funny thing too. Uh, You talk about, we talk about the different music cues, but there's the golden girls song. Thank you for being my friend. That's used at a very pivotal point. That's Mm -hmm. amazingly done. And I like, I'll never hear that song without thinking of that moment in the film again.
1: Well, this is a first time director. Well, first time feature film director, um, uh, Mimi cave, as you mentioned, uh, she has directed a lot of short films and music videos. But okay. This is the first feature-length film. It's very well done. I mean, it was a. Uh, it, it's stylish. It had a lot of stylistic elements to it. Definitely kept it visually interesting to watch, just as much as the story itself. Um, so yeah, I thought it worked. And yeah, there's a there's a dance sequence late in the film too. I really liked. Um, <laughs> mainly because it's at a point in the film where I, I really don't know where the lead characters minds are at that point. And okay. the dance kind of could have been interpreted in many different ways at that point. And uh, I just, I just liked it. So I, I thought uh, they did enough interesting to make this a little more than just a root thriller, a, a root, um, you know, suspense thriller. This, this really uh, had a little bit more going for it. Uh, again, I just got to come back to the, Subject matter. Once you realize what's happening in this film is, uh, it's tough. (laughs) Yeah. It is tough. Too much. Uh, Yes. yes.
2: I I, I understand. Um, something that, you know, we talked about how, um, the, you know, the strong female thing. And that was, that was awesome. Something that I also appreciated was, (laughs) there's a little bit of a, there could be at the kind of towards the conclusion of the film, um, a chance for a male to come to the rescue, being teased. Oh yeah, and that is <laughs> that <was> totally, <laughs> totally undermined. No, and I won't was, go into that it. That's actually great. That's and great. I was like, "That's all," because you know, in a lot of films, oh, yeah. like, oh, you have they'll let you have the strong women, but at some point, oh, the man's got to come. Yeah, man's yeah. got to no, come rescue it things. And it was a great, and it I, was totally like, "Nope, nope, I'm out." <laughs> I laugh.
1: I laughed out loud. Yeah, when that happened, I think uh, a lead character hears. Screaming or hear something in the background and basically says yep i'm I'm, I'm out I'm, I'm out of here, and we don't see him again <laughs> he's gone <laughs> so that was actually really funny I think that, that was, uh, to balance
2: the thriller aspect and yeah there's some horror stuff in here um but to also have the comedy I think yeah. that's a rare thing to be able to balance and if you if you're on board with it the the comedy like you're saying it, or we've said before, it
1: can really break the really seriousness or the really yeah. stuff that's really got you on edge. Well, there's that comedic moment. And then even again, not spoiling, um, one of the last lines of dialogue, I think the two friends say to each other when they're kind of, uh, recapping what just happened and right. it's kind of acknowledgement of, you know, yeah, somebody, that person's married, you know, type of thing, like completely has nothing to do with the trauma <laughs> they just went through, but just still just, funny to kind of hear them digesting and trying to put together what just happened and it it works. So there's enough humor in there. Sebastian Stan's character did add some humor, although very obviously dark humor and, uh, you know, not meant to be comedic, but just he gives it his go in his, in this performance. I think everybody's along for the ride. Um, yeah, if you can deal with, if you can, if you can stomach su- if you can stomach the subject matter, sure. I think it's a fun time, but I am just going to go ahead and warn it because I feel like I have to play sometimes the oh, yeah. parental advisor here to people. <laughs> uh, it is, uh, it is a tough watch, sure. It is a, a, a very, very, very tough watch,
2: okay. Fair many,
1: many moments for me.
2: But if you like thriller/slash/horror type stuff, yes. then and this is obviously yes, it will be at... The Batman was PG 13. This is definitely a hard oh, R. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. Yeah. So. Both
1: in what it's discussing, subject matter, yeah. and what it shows. Right. Uh, it's definitely, definitely a rough one. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, that is fresh. I mean, it sounds like we both had a good time with it. You may have actually even had a better time with me. I just, <laughs> I still wrestle with it. I the, would have even had the a the better content.
2: time if I could have been watching Alan
1: watching it. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. I'm watching it late last night. And I honestly, like 30 minutes in, I'm like, what what why <laughs> why did chris fry do this to me <laughs> so, awesome um but i still enjoyed it so still good all right that is fresh it is on hulu if you're a hulu subscriber you can get that right now to see um it is recommended with just some asterisks <laughs> for me about making sure you're watching it at the right time of day <laughs> watching it with the right frame of mind watching it um yeah, before or after a meal, I'd be just cautious That's all I'm going to say. Fair I'll enough. That. I think that's vague enough, right? So Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, well, good. Two good positive reviews, The Batman and Fresh, both uh, positive reviews from both of us. All right, Chris, let's take a quick break from the reviews. We're going to come back in just a moment. We've got just a little bit of movie news to talk about. The Independent Spirit Awards happened this weekend. We do want to recap the winners from that and talk through some thoughts on that. And then we both have a recommendation to share for a film we think is worth checking out. So you are listening to Foot Candle Films here on the TheMesh.tv, and we will talk to you in just a moment.
2: This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative, a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit TheJacksonCreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story.
1: Welcome back to Foot Candle Films here on the TV. We just had our positive reviews of both films, The Batman and Fresh, The Batman in movie theaters, coming to HBO Max in a few weeks. And then Fresh is on Hulu that you can watch right now. So, Chris, uh, just to hit a little bit of movie news, don't have a lot to cover this, this week, but did want to talk about, you know, we talk about the Oscars so much. We talk about the Academy Awards. They're coming up in about three weeks. I know we'll be digesting all the results of that whenever whenever that ceremony happens. Sure. But let's not forget about um the smaller films, the independent films. There is an independent spirit awards uh ceremony that happens every year. It used to happen like just a few days before the Academy Awards. That was kind of their thing. Okay. Uh then they went to all virtual over the last couple of years. Um now they did a I think they did a televised or or on, you know, it was uh, hosted by Megan Maloney and Nick Offerman. Okay. And they did do a, a ceremony for it. And that just happened over the weekend. So here it is a few weeks before Academy Awards, but um, also the Academy Awards are much later this year. So sure. that's part of the reason, I think. So I thought let's just talk through some of the the outcomes. I did think it was interesting. Chris, I believe as we go through this, I think you have seen... All of these movies. Okay. I have not. Okay. I've only seen maybe a third of the ones I'm going to mention. So as
2: long as pig one in every category, I'm probably going to be good. Cause there's, favorite. I'll give you one category
1: movie. that you're going to be happy with. Okay. Um, uh, others, I don't think you were as high on many of these films, which would okay. be kind of interesting to see. Okay. Uh, let me just kind of start. Here's something I think really interesting about the spirit awards. They have a couple of award categories that are very specific in what they're trying to recognize. So, for example, the Robert Altman Award is a film that is an award they give out. It's given to a film's director, casting director, and its ensemble cast. So, it's like recognizing the whole cast and the director who brings them together and makes it work. Interesting. Uh, Mass was the winner of that award this year. Okay, you're right. That that's, that's a cool award. I think it is too. Way to go, Independent Spirit Award. The John Cassavetti's award okay. is an award given to a film that was made for under five hundred thousand dollars. And the winner of that is Shiva Baby, which we talked about okay. and we both liked huh. and uh had some good things to say I, about okay. that film. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I haven't heard the rest of this stuff yet. I feel like there's a there's a butt coming. Well but I, I gotta I gotta say, that sounds like more like my award share. I did. wish I wish I had more Visualization of that because I'd actually like to watch those awards. Well, it sounds. Let me go cool. through the rest of
1: the categories yeah, and see how yeah. you feel. I mean, I, you didn't out, like hate any of these films. Okay. Just I just know that you were maybe not as impressed or a little let down or didn't see quite the big deal about it. Gotcha. The best feature film award was The Lost Daughter, which okay. I know you you haven't reviewed on the film, but or it's a podcast. But right. I know you've told me in passing.
2: It was. It's one of those that's like you know sometimes at our year and we didn't do it. This like some people got this film and I didn't really get it. Or some people, the film that I wasn't as high on as everybody else. This is definitely in that category. It
1: won, it won big actually at the uh, spirit awards. It won best feature. It won best director for Maggie Gyllenhaal. Mm. It won best screenplay for Maggie Gyllenhaal as well. Okay. Uh, the best female lead was Taylor page from Zola. Huh? And you did not care for Zola. I I did not.
2: Um, but I mean, (sighs) Yeah, that, that's interesting to me. I okay. mean, you're, not that she did a bad job in that, but I guess just the overall film just wouldn't have sure. put that on my radar. But right okay. okay,
1: interesting. Best male lead was Simon Rex from Red Rocket.
2: Huh. Yeah. See, they're, these are they're, all they're, films. I know you get, saw, And like, and... you know, Zola, not as much as in the Lost daughter, daughter category, but Red Rocket is definitely one of those where, and maybe it's because by the time I saw it, I'd heard just glowing over the top reviews. And not to say Simon Rex did a bad job, but yeah, yeah. it's just interesting.
1: Um, okay. Supporting female was Ruth Nega from Passing. Okay. Mm. Uh, supporting male was Troy Kotzer from Coda. Okay. Is that the one I know you did like Coda? No,
2: is that the... Did he win some other award recently as well? Okay. Because I know that like a lot of people were like insanely happy that he, maybe he won a SAG award. Might've been. And I'm people sure. were just like over the top because they were, thought he did a good job and he was obviously super excited. And a lot of people are now saying, okay, we think, we think he may have the Oscar.
1: Yeah. So, okay. okay. Interesting. Um, best cinematography was passing. Okay. Best editing was Zola. Huh? Best documentary was Summer of Soul, which I know you've seen. Oh, yeah, and yeah. uh
2: Yeah, we, we did we review it on the we show. We did not okay. mm-hmm.
1: and Best International Film was Drive My Car, which we uh, have reviewed okay. and talked about. So um the one I'll give you, Chris, that you'll be happy to hear. Best first screenplay went to Michael Saranowski. It was a story by Vanessa Block, which is Pig. Yay. So Pig did get an award. Okay. The only award it may be taking away in any of the award <laughs> season, the season. But you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm with you after reading through this and seeing kind of some of the categories of awards they have. They also had like a best, uh, uh, someone to watch, like kind of a director to watch in the future oh. that recognizes an award. Um, it's some really great categories. And again, this is a film thing that, yeah, the Academy Awards aren't going to touch. I don't think any of these films, maybe Coda, right? Maybe lost daughter. I know it's nominated for things, but everything else I listed, I don't in summer of soul, I think is going to get some documentary love at the Academy Awards is my guess. Yeah. And it was nominated. Yeah. So yeah, but a lot of these other films didn't get a whole lot of whole lot of Oscar love. So I think it's, um, I, I am definitely more in tune to going to kind of follow the spirit awards in the future and see, uh, see, uh, what they end up doing.
2: Right. Um, well, yeah, <laughs> I'll say at least for North Carolina, I'll give a shout out to the organization. You and I are both members of North Carolina film critics. Nicholas Cage was nominated mm-hmm. for Best Actor. He didn't win. He lost out to Mr. Cumberbatch, who may end up getting the Oscar. So yeah. I was thinking for a second when you were like, it may be the only award. I was like, wait a second. I was like, maybe yeah. we got But no, nah. but he was at least nominated. But yeah, yeah. oh, well. Yeah.
1: So anyway, that's the Independent Spirit Awards. Again, I think it is going to be something we may want to start covering each year just to yeah. kind of talk about because I do. I like the way they set up the the awards categories and recognizing some emerging talent. And especially those low budget films, which I think is great. I love the idea of a film that's like made for a very limited budget and still turned out a really great, great product. So, sure. All right. So, that's all I have for news. So, why don't we just hop right into our recommendations, if that's okay with you? We spent a lot of time on the Batman and all that. So, make up for it here in the news section. But let's go into our recommendations. So, Chris, what is a film recommendation you have for us? Something we ought to check out, you think. Uh, So
2: I'm going to recommend another film that is also just fresh from Sundance 2022. We'd reviewed fresh earlier in the show. This one is a completely different type of movie. It's after Yang, and the Mm -hmm. plot description is, In the near future, a family reckons with questions of love, connection, and loss after their AI helper unexpectedly breaks down. It's by the director, Koganata, who's made another film and has also made a lot of like shorts and stuff. But um, I haven't actually seen his other film that he's his previous film, Columbus, although I definitely want to, especially after after Yang. Um, It stars Colin Farrell. So there's got some star power behind it. And I just thought it was, you know, I gave you the tagline, but another reason kind of why I liked it was. Imagine a more a quieter, more deliberately paced AI, Steven Spielberg's AI. Mm-hmm. Imagine like a quieter, you know, version of that. Mm. And that's what this was. And I dug it definitely more contemplative, but I really liked it. There's tons of style in it. Um, so it is um in theaters, some theaters, but it is also if you are a Showtime subscriber, it's also on Showtime. So you mm-hmm. can see it there. And it just came out, I think, on Showtime March 4th. So um, you can catch up with it there. So that's my recommendation is after Yang and Yang is the name of the AI robot thing. So there you go. After After Yang. Yang.
1: Okay, Mm -hmm. great. Um, All right. I'm going to throw a recommendation out. That's a little off brand for me, but um, just a quick backstory on it. Uh, You know, Twitter can be a wonderful tool. Sometimes it can also be a a kind of a frustrating tool to use. Sure. But there are a lot of people in the film community and film review community. I follow on Twitter and and just normally get some ideas or things to check out or watch from some other people recommending things. One particular podcaster who's big in the the film reviews and discussion about films posted up a, uh, a clip from a film that kind of got me just intrigued. So I did end up going to watch it. Okay. Uh, It is on Netflix The film is called The Fable, Hmm. The Killer Who Doesn't Kill. Oh. It is a Japanese film. It is uh, based on a a manga, manga uh, work. Um, It is uh, a, a action with even some comedy in it. Now is it is it done in the anime style or no? It's just based. No, on no, that? it's real. Okay. It's live action, but okay. it's based on uh, I think an original uh, manga work. Okay. Um, the idea is that well, and it's a sequel, which is really weird. Whoa. I haven't seen the original, <laughs> and
2: that didn't that didn't hinder no, your. No, okay. I still
1: had a good time with it. Um, it, it the 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 original. My understanding is the original is, is this idea that a a guy who's been trained as a ruthless assassin since childhood. A a mob hitman is he's ordered to become a normal law abiding citizen. Like his boss is worried about his working too hard. Okay. So basically forces him to try to be a normal law abiding citizen. Now that's basically the premise of the sequel as well. There's a guy who he's a trained assassin, but he's actually goes through the movie with the intent of not wanting to kill anybody. He's trying to live a normal life, but Hmm. he gets wrapped up in a whole situation. Okay. Um, Here's the reason I recommend this film. It's not a great film, but there are a couple of action sequences. One in particular, okay. about two thirds of the way through the movie, is expertly done. Such a good long action sequence involving scaffolding outside of a building. Huh. You remember Shang Chi? We talked about had a you know we we enjoyed it. You know some of the action sequences there, and that was one we pointed out. Sure, we liked this one. Puts that to shame. This one is just expertly choreographed. It goes on for a really long time and it's really well done. The rest of the movie is fine. It's good. And there's (laughs) another action sequence is also pretty impressive early in the film too. Um, that's the reason I checked it out. The guy who put the posting about this film up actually put up one of the action sequences is like, Oh my God, this is insane. And I watched that scene. I'm like, yeah, that is (laughs) a pretty insane insane (laughs) scene. So I went to go watch the whole movie and overall the movies, the movie's good. And I had a good time with it. Um, my understanding is the original had more humor was a little more zany. Hmm. This one tones a little more serious, but still has some elements of humor in it. Um, now what, what year did the fable? 2021 Okay, so, so
2: year. are both movies on Netflix or just,
1: ah, uh, that's a good question. I don't okay. know if the original just called the fable. Okay. I don't know if it's on Netflix or not, but the fable colon, the killer who doesn't kill is definitely on Netflix. Okay. So it's labeled as an action comedy mystery. Oh. Um, hmm. and, uh, you know, I, I had a fun time watching it. Okay. Uh, but again, I did seek it out and watch it solely because this action sequence, I just thought was really, really fun to watch and just well, well done. So okay, that is a, it's a little off brand for me. I'm normally not <laughs> recommending kind of a more martial arts themed manga inspired film, but this one did, uh, did, uh, I did have a good time with it. So if you're looking for something where you just want to see some really cool stunts, uh, Kind of not quite Jackie Chan style, but just these long, elaborate set pieces with action sequences. This one's definitely got uh, some good ones in it. And okay. um I had fun with it. It's a little <laughs> long, it's two hours, fifteen minutes, but, okay. but it's uh, on Netflix, you can it's on Netflix, it. you can kind of take your time with it. So okay. I uh throw out a little random recommendation for me, something not expected, but uh, Awesome. It was fun, it was a fun <laughs> movie. All right, Chris. Well, I think we are done for today then. So positive reviews of, uh, the Batman by Matt Reeves, positive review of fresh, uh, with Sebastian Stan on Hulu. Then we talked about the independent spirit award. So we uh, kind of kept your thoughts on those. And then our recommendations you had after Yang, I have the fable, the killer who doesn't kill on Netflix. So, Chris, anybody who wants to chime in on our Batman discussion or maybe they get tricked into watching Fresh and have some words <laughs> to share with us about the experience we put them through, how how do they get a hold of us?
2: So you can send an email to info at footcandle.org. You can also follow us on Twitter at FootCandleFilm. Al and I are both on Letterboxd, where we try to track what we're seeing and sometimes leave short reviews. Do us a favor, if you would. Consider giving us a star rating or writing a review. Share with friends on whatever service you receive your favorite podcast on. It'll help us reach new listeners, and we'd appreciate it. Last but not least, Foot Candle Film Festival, the 2022 version, is coming up September 21st through the 25th. So uh, make plans to try to attend, or we'll probably have a virtual component if you don't live in North Carolina, or don't live in Hickory, that would be and you can't travel here, we'll probably make it available to other people in North Carolina to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, we will definitely be putting out some more notices and word about the festival. Probably in the June-July time frame. I think you'll start to hear a lot more specifics. But we do know the dates, lock it in, put it on your calendar, and we hope to have you join us uh, here or virtually, however that's available at that time. So, all right. Well, Chris, we're going to wrap it up then. Thanks, everybody, for listening to Foot Candle Films here on the TV, And we will look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks.
2: See you in the ticket line.